Today, we're going to be speaking with somebody who leads thousands of top real estate agents across the country every single day and find out what he's telling his agents to do. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Kevin Van Eck from At Properties and Christie's International Real Estate. Before we get to Kevin, I just wanted to let everyone know if you're not following us on social, I really want you to and not because I want to have a big follower count, although I guess I do want to have a big follower count, but that's not the reason I'm saying this because, you know, you don't owe me that. But I feel like I owe you more content. So what we've started doing is clipping our episodes, including this one. And what we're what that means is we're finding short form 45 to 60 second clips of bite-sized information extracted from the full episode that you guys can absorb every single day. We're pu- publishing these daily or every weekday, I guess not, not on the weekends. I'm a little too lazy to do that on the weekends. But during the weekday, uh, we're publishing one of these every day. And we publish them to all the social media channels, including TikTok. Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, probably a few others. I'm Twitter. <laughs> That's the other one. Anyway, find us on there. And the easiest way to do that, well, what's the easiest way? Uh, go to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. I think I have all of our social links on there. If not, just whatever social platform you're on, uh, search for Keeping It Real, hit that subscribe button, and then you'll see those daily uh, bite-sized videos that will give you just a little bit of uh, wisdom, I hope, <laughs> every single day from one of our brilliant guests. Okay, I've made the pitch long enough. Please follow Follow us on, on Instagram, Facebook, etc. We appreciate it. And now on to the main event, my conversation with Kevin Van Eck. Today, my guest is Kevin Van Eck with At Properties, Christie's International Real Estate here in Chicago. Uh, let me tell you more about Kevin. As Executive Vice President of Innovation for Christie's International Real Estate, Kevin plays a central role in developing and implementing a range of programs to drive growth and success among network affiliates and agents. These include technology, agent performance, recruitment, uh, retention, and third-party partnerships. Kevin's experience as an agent, managing broker, and agent performance coach, and his role in developing brokerage technology gives him a unique perspective that few 
in the industry have. A native Chicagoan, Kevin graduated from the University of Illinois, is an Army veteran and a world traveler. Please learn more about the brands that Kevin represents, which is At Properties as well as Christie's International, to learn more at properties.com and Christie's Real Estate, a Christie's Real Estate.com. Both links to those will be in the show notes. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi, DJ. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to, to have you on. I was just at a meeting um, down at the Chicago Association of Realtors for this um, for this committee I'm on, and your name, believe it or not, came up. Uh, this is not a surprise, as you are very well regarded and, and uh, respected here in the Chicagoland area. But you now, you know, represent a brand that has moved beyond. Uh, just the Chicagoland area, which is really, truly impressive. Um, so I, I'd love to, well, before we get to that, let's tell, I want to learn about your journey. So uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into real estate, why you got into real estate and how you got to where you are today. Sure. And going back to what you started with, you know, I served at the Chicago Association of Realtors for a long time. So they have a very special place in my heart. So uh, that made me really smile when you said that. So thank you. That's very kind. Um I think the uh, when I got into real estate, it wasn't planned. It's really interesting. I've had sort of um, a career where I've hopped around quite a bit between different industries. Uh, like you mentioned, I served in the army. I uh, I was a paramedic. Uh, I wanted to be a trauma surgeon. And right before real estate, I was in restaurant franchising, and uh, it was right very different from uh, being a trauma surgeon. <laughs> That's that's a, it's funny the path that we all take because I don't think we you know anyone ends up where they had predicted if you uh, ask them at eighteen right right so for me uh, it was the beginning of the downturn and the restaurant uh, group that I was working with they were starting to feel it they were based out of California and the downturn was impacting uh, quite a bit and I had a friend at the time who was in real estate and said maybe you try it. I thought my first reaction as the market is crashing is probably not probably not the smartest time to get in. And then I thought about it and I thought about how, you know, during that market would be the time to grab market share and to actually grow a business because there were so many agents getting out of the business. And uh, and I saw an opportunity and I was nervous, uh, as anyone would be. I was prepared financially, but jumped into real estate and I didn't. uh, It was interesting. I didn't know what I was doing, like most of us, when we first get into real estate. And uh, I had to learn very quickly, especially because of what was happening in the market at that time. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I started as a financial advisor in two thousand and one after that crash of of the financial or of of the tech market in particular and the stock market and of course uh, the events of nine eleven. Um, and it was it, in some ways it was the best time to get started because people were exiting the business. They had been burned by their uh, financial advisors previously who had put a lot of their assets into the technology. Um, and so in some ways, it was both the hardest time to get started, but also a really fortuitous time. And I imagine you probably feel the same way when, when you got into real estate. Agreed. I think it was, you know, I didn't know the good times or what people call the, you know, 2000, early 2000s when it was almost, I call it the Disney world of real estate. And uh, I didn't know that. So all I knew to do was, you know, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. or longer, work, connect, prospect. And it's funny because I didn't learn, you know, I didn't have a lot of mentorship and I could share more about that, but I didn't have anyone really teaching me the ropes. So I learned, you probably remember this, DJ, a website called Active Rain. And it was one of the first real estate blog sites. And they told, you know, they told agents just to 
write cards, go out to lunch, dinner, breakfast, drinks, and just see your people. And that's exactly what I did. And uh, that's really what, what launched my career at the time. Yeah, it's amazing that those same principles um, of meet as many people as you can, connect with them, interact with them, have some sort of communication strategy so that you're sending something to them of value every so often or having conversations of value um, is, is really sort of the discipline that even still works just as much today as it did then. That's right. It's the basics, right? Going back to the basics and because it's always been a relationship industry. And I don't think, you know, you and I are both very involved in tech and trying new things. And uh, but that still hasn't replaced that one to one, that communication relationship uh, face to face that we have with our clients and other agents and, and colleagues in the industry, too. I don't think it's you know, there's a lot of been a lot of talk over the years and especially now with AI about agents being replaced, but nothing replaces that relationship. Yeah, let's talk about AI. This actually came up in my committee meeting this morning. We were sort of laughing about uh, one of one of our committee members um, is of the belief that in 10 years, realtors won't be needed. This is a realtor. And he says, AI is taking over. Uh, this is what's going to happen. And it was a very interesting perspective. And I don't know that he's totally wrong. I hope that he's wrong, but I don't know. Um, I know that that as, as technology has sort of gotten past uh, the year 2000, we've been hearing that every almost every single iteration of any new technologies. This is going to replace realtors. Um, right. You know, e even even going back to you know pre Zillow days, um, there there was sort of this talk of like, oh, people are just going to look for homes online exclusively, not really need a broker anymore because. Realtors used to be the gateway to homes. They're not really the gate the gatekeeper anymore because anyone who has access to uh, the internet can search basically the MLS without a realtor, and and still, um, but but the realtor is as needed. I, I met with a I, a friend who is on the board of uh, well actually I shouldn't say where but but a, a big big financial services firm, um, and he had said twelve years ago to me. You guys are going to be out of business as as realtors be out of business in ten years, and this is a guy who knows things. And he was like, "You got to find a new line of work because it's good. it's over for you guys." He was in the tech space. <laughs> Turns out he was wrong. He was right about a lot of other things, but wrong about that. And thank goodness. Do you think AI is is threatening to realtors? I think you know it's hard to say in the long term, right? But things are things are moving so quickly. If you asked anyone six months ago what chat GBT was, <laughs> right. you know, who it wasn't on anyone's, the common person's layout, uh, radar, right? So I think now, but look how quickly a lot of agents and brokerages and tech companies have adopted uh, open source AI. It's wild. So in the short term, though, I don't, I don't think we're, we're threatened by AI, but I think what it's, the perspective we have to have is that it is competition. It is competition with us where we have to raise the bar and understand what we need to do to create great experiences and to be able to, in competing with AI, be able to guide consumers based on the non-tangibles that they share with us. So I think, you know, because AI right now, it's very technical, it's glitchy, all of that. Um, but I do think, you know, from a data and stats standpoint, it could be uh, something, um, but we need to put it to use. And we need to make sure that you know, I talk a lot about experience and consumer experience. The AI can't create a consumer experience like you can. Yeah, the only way I see AI actually replacing the role of a realtor, which in my mind, 
And there's a lot that realtors do, obviously, and this is going to be a very, very incomplete definition. And I'm not here to make that definition uh, for all of our listeners and viewers because I am technically one, but I don't go out and practice. Um, so I, I want to be very careful in what I'm about to say. I'm not looking to, uh, to, to, to ruffle any feathers. But I believe one of the primary roles of a realtor is to really guide their clients through the emotional ups and downs of a transaction. And that... If AI can somehow at some point in the future solve for that, which I, I I don't see that, but maybe, who knows? I think then realtors have have more of a, a sort of thing to worry about. But for now, the hardest parts of the transaction are that emotional sort of regulation, that, that distress tolerance, right. the ability to, to be there um, and, and be present while news uh, either is in your client's favor or against, and, and just understanding how to navigate through that as your clients are freaking out or... Um, and, and that's something that that it, unless AI is at some point able to really understand empathy, compassion, wisdom, um, experience, and and be able to soothe someone uh, and, and you know help them stay regulated through 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 a, a transaction, I, I think realtors are safe. I completely agree. Real estate's an emotional transaction. It's not you know residential real estate is an emotional transaction. So you hit the nail on the head with the word emotion, because I think even, you know, look at, look at some of the disruptors that have been out there, whether it's open door, purple bricks, the ones that try to replace the, the agent in terms of guiding the consumer into a property and offering up properties and guiding them through the transaction. It didn't work. And it didn't work even during the pandemic when, you know, consumers weren't out shopping for homes, everyone immediately went back because there's, when we talk about the emotional connection, it's that emotional regulation during the transaction that an agent knows how to navigate, but it's also that consumer emotion when they step into the right property and they get a feeling. So I think about, I related, this was, I don't know, 10 years ago, I was in uh, New York city at an Inman conference and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't sleep. So I turned on the TV and there was a commercial, it was maybe a precursor to Carvana where you could order a car online. And I thought, this is wild. If people are ordering cars online, they don't need to actually sit in it and drive it. They'll just order it. We're in trouble. Because the next step is if someone's spending $75,000 on a car online, it's not too long until they're spending $150,000, $600,000 online buying a house. But we didn't see it happen. You know, It happened in some cases during the pandemic. But I'm not, I'm not feeling overly threatened. I think it's an opportunity for us to utilize AI to better serve and create that experience uh, for our consumers. And for anyone that isn't from here in the Chicagoland area, of course, 95% of our listeners aren't, um, our viewers are not. But for those who, who aren't familiar with at properties, you're most certainly familiar with Christie's uh, International, just even um, you know being an auction house uh, previously um, and still being an auction house, but understanding the, the story of at properties is particularly a strong one. Because you didn't just come around, you were just mentioning disruptors, you guys were a disruptor. And you were a disruptor in a way where here in Chicago, one of the largest real estate markets in the country, I don't know when App Properties was founded, but but whenever, early, late 90s or early 2000s, whenever. Um, and what, what they did is they were an independent brokerage and they went toe to toe with the big franchise firms and, and the big, large legacy firms, the ones that we all know and, and we've had lots of guests on from those firms and, and those are great firms too and not only did, did you guys became the num i believe the number one independent brokerage in the country very quickly and you basically 
grabbed all of the talent that was here in Chicago. They all migrated, not all, but almost all migrated to at properties because what you guys were building was so unique, so special. And you've continued this dominance here in, in Chicago ever since. And now you've partnered with Christie's and, you know, you guys are, are branching out at properties, meaning is branching out to other, other markets. Uh, Christie's of course is always, uh, always in markets and, and also branching out, but this was an impressive um, rise. Uh, and you guys were really at the forefront of, of that of that disruption. Yeah, I think, and it's interesting too because it wasn't, you know, I, I won't say it wasn't intentional. We always had the intention to grow, and that comes from the two founders, Mike Golden and Thad Wong, and who are super intelligent people. You know, they were the number one and number two agents in Chicago working with another brokerage when uh, they founded App Properties. So that story is super interesting about why they founded App Properties and why they left their previous brokerage, because that's everything that App Properties had been built on, which is, you know, agent first. If you give the agent the best tools, the best resources, the best marketing, you're going to organically attract agents. And then you're also going to be able to provide that, that higher level of service for your consumer so that they're also attracted to the brand and attracted to the App Properties agent. And so everything from that point forward and now, since our acquisition of Christie's International Real Estate in at the end of 2021, uh, we're doing the same thing for our affiliates there, where we're injecting our tech. Everything that we've done at App Properties to become number one here, uh, we are now injecting into each one of our affiliates around the globe. I, I believe I've probably had more App Properties agents on the show than any other uh, any other brokerage, in, in even con including the large the, the larger brokerages. So it is um, you know it is a really tremendous talent pool that now other agents can participate in. Um, and you know whether you're here in the Chicago area or somewhere else, uh, there's a lot of really cool things happening with with that properties Christie's International. Um, but let's talk about let's talk about sort of brokerages because I think. Sure. This is, I, I don't know, I'm calling this the year of recruiting only because I, we're seeing a lot of movement here at our company, people going in and out, uh, people leaving the industry to join like a holding company just to sort of say I'm out mm -hmm. for a while. Um, but people are switching firms. There's lots of team building going on. Teams are obviously actively prospecting for more recruits. Um, so obviously that that trend is here. And this is, a, I think, a year where a lot of agents are just kind of exploring their options. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on if you were an agent or any suggestions you might have to our listeners who are agents about how they might sort of evaluate where they're at and what other you know avenues they should pursue. Sure. I think... That's a great question. And you're right. It is, it is the time where agents are looking. I would be looking. I would, I would be assessing where I was if I were still, you know, working with clients and actively selling. But I think looking why that's happening, I think it was easy for everyone to be a hero in 2021. Right. It, it was because of the pandemic and because of everything that was happening. Uh, it was easy for agents. And, you know, some agents don't want to admit it, but the growth that we saw during that year was just wild. And not that agents didn't work hard, but a lot of it was market driven. Sure. Well, now that the market is not, is not uh, you know, participating that way and the market has changed, it's time where agents are looking around to understand, okay, what is my brokerage doing for me? What, what, are the, what am I getting for whatever my split is? What am I getting in terms of support and tech and marketing and brand and all of that to make it easy for me to sell as much real estate as possible? So I think that's why, you know, agents are taking a moment to look around. I think my, my, 
I have a series of tips that I give because I think you have to be thoughtful. I joined the wrong brokerage when I got my license. When we were talking earlier in 2007, when I got my license, I joined the wrong brokerage because I didn't ask the right questions. I, uh, I was promised some things. They weren't delivered, which is why well, I was we're, we're going to call those leads, brokerage. by the way. We're just going to answer that. He was promised leads and he was not given leads <laughs> because that's the biggest lie in this industry. You are so right. Whether it's a team leader or a brokerage, you know, offering leads. Um, but for me, it was uh, at the time I, I realized it. I'd been with another brokerage for about four months, five months, and I was designing my own postcards on whatever website it was. That website's still around, but it looked like an elementary school uh, child had built it and it took me four hours. Right. So that's when I realized, okay, this is not going to help me grow my business. It's taken me four hours to build something that looks like, you know, you could have done with crayons and construction paper. And, uh, and I, there was no support in doing it. So I, that's when I started to look around and I, and I found out properties at the time. And uh, that's, what I, that's what I think is the number one thing for agents is take the time to look around and recognize, sit back. And if, if you are thinking about making a move, I would first talk with your current brokerage and make sure that you're not missing something there. Definitely. Right. I would make sure because think about it. Agents, we're busy. Agents are busy. They're out with clients. You miss emails. You miss communications. Your current brokerage might actually be offering what you're looking for. You're just not taking advantage of it. So I think that's the first thing. And then after that, then I would I would sit back and think about, OK, what brands stick out in your mind? What brand resonates with the consumer you want to work with? And then start interviewing. And ask tough questions. Don't be, this is your career, right? So ask tough questions like, how have you helped other agents grow their business? Ask for specific examples. Dig into the details. How does this work? What is the process when I need X? Because everyone, we're all salespeople, right, DJ? So it's very easy uh, for a, you know, whether it's a broker owner or a managing broker to say the right things. Sure. They have to show you the right things. Yeah. And then you can make an educated apples to apples decision also based upon cost versus value, which I think is sometimes where we don't make the right decision. I think, you know, there's there's a brokerage for everyone. There will never be one brokerage. You know, there was a brokerage recently that said they would be, eventually be the only brokerage available. <laughs> Let's not Good luck. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Consumers want choice. Agents want choice. There's always going to be a different offering. So, so I think, though, the uh, cost versus value, a lot of times we're attracted to a higher split, but we don't always understand what we get or don't get with that split. So there's the trade-off. So every agent has to make a decision. Okay, am I going to be putting my own signs in the ground or are they going to be installed for me? And that's a very basic one. It goes much deeper, but examples like that, because I think what we find, and I know you've seen it, DJ, which is Agents will make a decision, but they spend more time on admin or installing signs themselves or doing all of these tasks that aren't directly related to business growth. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I think that my suggestion for anyone that is out there to piggyback on what Kevin said, just a, a little pro tip. If you're talking to a recruiter, somebody like me, for example, um, I know I'm honest, but you don't know that I'm being honest. So what I would recommend if you talk to anyone who is a salesperson who's saying, hey, you know, come work for us. We have you know, all these great tools and, and, and features and, and, you know, everything that you're looking for, great. And then what I would do is I would randomly call three of their agents 
people that you respect, that you admire, and that are not referred to you by the person you're talking to because they might stack the deck, right? So this idea of, of being able to reach out and say, hey, I w- I'm thinking of joining your firm. Um, I had a great conversation with so-and-so, and I just want to confirm that, you know, this is how it actually works there. And, and do you think this would be a good fit for me? And usually the the agents there, if you call them at random in particular, you're, you, you know that they haven't, you know, sort of stacked the deck to, to, in their favor, but you'll get the, you'll get the truth. Um, if you talk to three people, one of right. them, one of them will say, well, this is exactly how it is. That's very good advice. You know, talk to the people that are actually utilizing what's there, what the value is and communicates, you know, if they could talk about their relationship with the managing broker, if they could talk about, all these things that typically don't come up when you're when an agent is talking with a managing broker during a recruiting meeting. Yeah. Um, but I think you know when I say every, there's a brokerage for everybody, I'm not downplaying the brokerages where agents are putting in signs, or maybe it's a higher split for lower service. Sure. I think that there, you know, of course there are some teams or there are some setups where maybe that maybe that team leader does just want to be a team manager, right? And so they have all the pieces in place to make sure that they can take. Uh, some of that off of their agent's plate. So, um, but that's, but it's, it's a big decision and you don't want to, we all know agents that have hopped around and that's okay. Cause they're trying to find their place, but you don't really want to be that agent. Um, you want to make a, of course, everybody wants to make the right decision the first time. Yeah. And very few agents do some people, some agents do because brokerages can change over time. Uh, an agent's needs can change over time. And, right. you know, and, and I don't know what what the stats are. I'd love to see stats on how many brokerages an agent, you know, who does this for 20 years is on. I bet it's at least two. I would guess it'd be somewhere between minimum of one, obviously, up to maybe two or three. Um, Obviously, you don't want to keep switching because that's disorienting your clients. It's it's disorienting to you. You're learning new systems. You're adapting and changing all your marketing. Um, And so it's not something that anyone goes into this business going, I can't wait to just jump jump from brokerage to brokerage. But the cool part is you can if you need to and if you want to. And at least here in the Chicagoland area, we have hundreds of options, literally hundreds. And so these brokerages are all in competition with each other, whether, you know, whether they they say it explicitly or not. And so they understand this and they understand that they're unless you work as an an employee, for example, you're a W-2 employee, then yeah, maybe you can't just easily move. You've got obligations to your employer. But if you're an independent contractor, like 99% of realtors are, um, you, the power is in your hand. And so you get to sort of go around and talk to other firms and say, hey, um, I'm over here now, but I'm looking for this. Can you help me? And um, I think that that is a tremendous amount of power that an agent has. Agreed. It's very easy to move your license, right? But I think that's why you thinking through it methodical and not making an emotional decision as an agent, if something happens or if someone is wooing you with a large sum of cash, whatever that incentive might be, uh, it's thinking through it carefully uh, because oftentimes the incentives aren't worth, uh, you know, aren't worth the move, aren't worth whatever they're selling. So, Uh, yeah, it's interesting. In the last few years, obviously, you've seen this as well. Brokerages have been really throwing a lot of money at producing agents um, to attract them over. And they sign some sort of agreement that maybe it's a one, two, three year deal, whatever it might be. And um, a lot of brokerages were just buying up agents recently in the last several years. And I am but these are brokerages that some of them have never been profitable. So it's very interesting to right. me. Um, I'm curious what's going to happen when some of those uh, 
contracts come due and, and these agents are now free agents again and can freely move. And all of a sudden, maybe they're not getting the same split that they were promised years before, or, uh, you know, there isn't as much cash that they're being a bonus. Um, so it's, it's going to be a very interesting model. I know that, um, that, you know, when you, there's a race to the bottom that that can happen with brokerages too, where you can literally just go to the brokerage that, like you were saying, that you know we're we're an example of a brokerage that is a high commission, low fee model, and and yeah, we don't do all of the services that uh, a firm like At Properties does, and we also don't charge for it, so it makes sense. Um, and and right. we have agents that are are better fit here, and they they wouldn't likely be a good fit at your firm, and vice versa. Um, and both can right. coexist, and both can coexist peacefully. And it's it's actually really exciting that there's all these different options for agents. Um, and so, uh, but let's I want I want to talk about yeah. uh, I want to switch gears just for a quick moment and talk about um, because this is something that I would love to get your take on, which is leveraging what what you call feeder markets. First, let's define what a feeder market is and then what sort of what your take on those are. Sure. Well, I, I view a feeder market as when you look at migration, right? And this has been a big term in recent months, especially since the pandemic. And because of the rise, you know, the elevation or, or increase in property taxes across the U.S. in different states. Um, and then, of course, there's this political, you know, uh, veil that's over everything. So I think when, when we talk about uh, feeder markets, it's where someone is most likely to come from and where they're most likely to go to. So a good example of a feeder market would be locally, the Chicago market to or from southwest Florida. It seems like, you know, the Naples market and Marco Island, uh, southwest Florida is a huge, uh, Chicago is a huge feeder market for that region. Um, whereas, you know, New York might be a feeder market for Miami and the east coast of Florida. Yeah. And so those are, the, I think the definition is, you know, where are people most likely to come from? And then the question, you know, how do you leverage that? Well, let's go back. How about how, about how do you identify that? It's really interesting. I'm working with um, a broker owner named Nick. He's in the Caribbean islands and he's done an amazing job there with the Christie's International Real Estate brand and bringing together affiliates uh, in, in the Caribbean. And they've created sort of this conglomerate group, which is really cool because there's a lot of movement between the islands there. The other thing he's done, though, that's really interesting and what he's taught me is a lot of time feeder markets are driven by direct flight routes where if you can find a direct flight route from a specific city to, let's say, Salt Lake City or to Park City or to uh, the mountains in Colorado or somewhere else, that city is likely to be a feeder market for that market. Sure. And so we started mapping out direct flight routes because anyone that's buying a second home or a third home or a second residence even uh, where they're splitting their time. They're more they're more likely to do it if if there's a direct flight route. Yeah, my and then my parents. Um, yeah. We grew up in Peoria, Illinois, and and for some, I, it's so funny you say that because it didn't occur to me until recently why they had this. There's a direct there's an airport in Peoria, and and it, there's a direct route to um, to Clearwater and uh, sure. it, Tampa Clearwater, um, which are two different airports, but basically, but they do have uh, flights to both, and I went. Why, I wonder why Peoria to Tampa? And I was like, oh yeah, because retirees go down there. And my parents are retired down there yes. as well. So it makes perfect sense. Yes. And that's, I think the Chicago to, you know, the Chicago to Southwest Florida too. Yeah. A lot of, as, uh, as locals have, you know, they bought second homes there or they retire there. So I think the way to leverage it though, this is for agents, right? I think, and brokerages. So if you're a broker owner and you're thinking through this, 
Uh, we're doing this. I'm doing a ton of research right now for Christie's International Real Estate when it comes to, okay, can we identify the sleeper feeder markets? Because we can, I can name that New York, Miami, the yeah. Chicago to Southwest Florida, sure. the LA to Atlanta, all of those. But but what are the sleeper ones that we don't know about? And then using digital advertising to be able to market on both sides. So for agents, my recommendation is, you know, obviously work with your brokerage in terms of, you know, if you're a part of something like a network, like Christie's International Real Estate, or um, if, if you're not and you can't leverage that because you don't necessarily have that, start making connections with agents in those markets and have those referral sources and relationships set up. It's a huge opportunity we often miss. And especially in a market like this, when there are fewer transactions, you want more opportunities, uh, that's one way to, to you know, stabilize your income or even grow your business through that type of referral business. It's the most common request when I interview top 1% agents from markets that receive a lot of inbound traffic from other areas, feeder markets. Um, so number one request I get from, from agents I interview who say, when I say, what do you want me to promote? They're like, make sure you tell your listeners that if they have people moving to my area, I would be honored. To, and these are top 1% agents. Yeah. These are busy, busy, successful agents, and they they see the value in this. So I think you're right. It's making making those connections, finding realtors in those areas that you can trade um, clients back and forth and, and pass referrals over. And also making sure your clients know that you can still assist them if they're moving to Florida or you know Georgia or wherever it may be, that you have a network of trusted uh, real estate professionals in those markets that they don't have to go search or they don't have to ask their friends who have already moved there. You already you can help them, but you have yes. to let them know that. Otherwise, they might not think to call you because you're the local, you know, uh, Chicago guy or, or, or you know what, whatever city you're in. Agreed. You could be number one here, but they don't ask you about a different market if they're moving or buying a second home or whatever it might be. So that's a that's a huge tip: is make sure everyone understands. You can service them or advise them anywhere. And I also think it's educate yourself on those on those feeder markets. Educate yourself so you can sound and speak intelligently about Naples or so you can speak intelligently about the market in Miami. And then the other thing, social media makes it so easy to share content. And LinkedIn has really grown from a platform. Like there, I've seen more interaction and activity on LinkedIn than ever. And I think there are stats out there that reflect that. Uh, but I think that's a great place to be able to share to your point, DJ, making sure that other people know that you can service and are knowledgeable and you are a global agent, let's say, you can, um, in through those connections you make, you can share their content so that you uh, you are showing that, okay, you're not just local in you know central Illinois or in Chicago or in uh, Southeast Wisconsin. You're, you're, you have the ability to service and you're knowledgeable about the real estate market as, as a whole. Yeah, I think too, as you were talking about the idea of feeder markets, which I'm so glad you brought that topic up. We, we talk a lot about referrals, but uh, to other markets, but not this idea of sort of being strategic in advance of the client saying, oh, I'm moving here. Can you help me find somebody? Uh, having that information. I was thinking when you mentioned social media, creating content, if it was me, if I had a lot of clients that were nearing retirement age, just as a really simple example, mm -hmm. and again, this is really an obvious example, so it's not necessarily something I'm coming up with uniquely, but it's something that I think you could, you could take advantage of, uh, anyone listening, is do your research on where people from your market move to. Also, I would look to where places where um, maybe um, that are up and coming, like you were saying, emerging feeder markets, emerging places of retirement or second homes, and you know, start putting out content of, hey, are you nearing retirement and thinking about maybe getting a second place or a winter vacation or, or just moving entirely? Um, 
here are some options that you might not know about. And again, that's not necessarily even specifically real estate related, although, I mean, it is, but but it's, it's right. unique content that provides value to people who are in that stage of life. Absolutely. And one more thing. So continuing on that is if you can, if you know why someone is moving from, let's say, LA to Atlanta or why somebody is moving, you can actually then speak to the value that your market brings and what you do specifically for clients coming from that market and offer other, other areas that might fit. So to your point, the up and comers, I remember I worked, we have a company in Atlanta, Ansley, they're the number one uh, luxury real estate company in uh, Atlanta Metro. And I lived down there for a year, uh, working with them and learning and, and um, setting them up essentially with all of our resources. And it was great. They have a second home market called Blue Ridge. And it's just north, it's a couple of hours north of Atlanta. And that place, uh, that, that it is so expensive. The, the affordability there has gone down because it was, especially during the pandemic, driven up by second home buyers. Well, there are plenty of other similar lakes and areas around Atlanta that someone moving might not understand or know about. So if you're familiar with, you're truly familiar with your market and the opportunities that are there and those, uh, those, I guess, the you know up and coming markets. You can offer more uh, and attract attract those uh, those movers or migrants to your uh, to your community. Yeah, I, I could could not agree more. This is this is such a great conversation as we're seeing a lot of the baby boomers are are, are retiring, if not already retired, they are moving. Um, this is a huge percentage of our. The United States population. Um, so we we have a real opportunity here to, I mean, financial advisors have known about this for years, years and years, going, there's all this trillions of dollars of retirement dollars are going to be flooding the financial uh, advisory space. And financial advisors have been trying to gobble up their 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 percentage of market share. This is a great time to do the same thing for real estate, um, is really understanding who your clients are, or, or even maybe you don't have a lot of clients who, for example, if you want to focus on retirees uh, that are retiring, but what you can do is learn about that and you can go interview other agents and talk to them. And it's been my experience. And I've, again, I've had so many at properties agents on the show. Carrie McCormick comes on every single month since almost the beginning to talk about right. it. Um, but, but it's been my experience, um, like people like Carrie and everyone else who basically has ever been on our show is so incredibly generous with their time, with their thought, you know, not every realtor is going to have time to chat with you, but if you reach out, you'd be shocked at how few, uh, how, how infrequently top producers actually get asked by younger producers. Uh, maybe they're intimidated, they're afraid, they feel like, oh, I don't want to bother so-and-so. Um, this whole show has been about bothering, uh, since we started it six years ago, it's been about bothering top, top producers and saying, would you please yes. come on and tell our, our agents what you do? By the way, we're not paying you, so can you please come on and do it for free and take an hour out of your day? And you know what? I think we've only had maybe two or three no's in six years. Um, people, uh, realtors are, are, tend to be very, especially really successful realtors. They understand the cooperative nature of this business. They understand that being of service, giving, um, having a little bit of that servant's heart kind of uh, men mentality, really, um, it, it sort of lights them up. So this is a, a great opportunity this year too, to like going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation is look at the realtors in your market that you truly admire, whether you want to work at their firm or just learn from them and take them to lunch, take them up for coffee, you know, see if you can get 15 minutes with them and you'd be shocked at, at the lessons you've learned. Agreed. And locally, there's there's an agent named Tommy and there's an agent who's 
a, a real legend in Chicago real estate named Millie. And I remember Tommy telling a story when he first got into the business, inviting out Millie for lunch. And he was nervous because he was new and she was this, you know, huge producer. She met him. They went out for lunch and they've been friends ever since. And that was a long time ago. And uh, and I think it's true. Why do you get into real estate? Why Why do agents that end up being successful get into real estate? It's service. It's what you said, DJ. It's So whether it's service with our colleagues and, and helping and mentor uh, from that way or servicing our clients, it's all it all comes from the same perspective and mindset. Yeah, we, we're so lucky that we, we all sort of work, well, not all of us, but most of us work independently or maybe on a small team or a large team, but we're basically doing our own thing within that team or, or maybe it's just us independently. And we have the opportunity to, to see what everyone else is doing independently as well and, and take little right. bits and pieces from, you know, obviously not taking someone else's content or someone's exact idea, but understanding how, how that can influence or inspire you to do more things. And, I, you know, I... Um, there was a woman who had been sending me, uh, I got on her, her mailing list. She's a realtor. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention her name because she's such a lovely person, Nicole Hajdu with Dreamtown. And what she did for years before I reached out to her, um, is she would send a, an email on Wednesday of every week. This is such a brilliant thing. I, it's so simple, but it's brilliant. And it said, here's a, the fun things to do in Chicago this weekend. And it would have like five or six ideas. And I was like, that's brilliant. It had nothing to do with real estate. She never once mentioned the word right. real estate, but she, and she still does this to this day. And I went, that's brilliant because this is so much value to anyone who around Thursday or Friday go, oh shoot, I got to come up with something to do this weekend. And so I called her just out of the blue. She doesn't know me. I don't know her. I just called her. She picked up the phone and I'm like, I just got to tell you, like, I, you don't know me. She's like, no, actually I do know you. I listen to your show or whatever. But I said, you know, you don't know me, but, but I am so impressed by this. And and then she and I have become fast friends. And, and it's one of those things that cool. a lot of times these people uh, do these really cool marketing things or, or branding things and, and they, you know, they get a lot of great results. But if it's inspiring you, reach out to them and say, like, how'd you do that? Like, how did you think to do that? You'll get so many great ideas because you don't have to, like you were saying, you don't have to build the postcard anymore. Um, you know, exclusively on your own, you know, and now we have tools to help with that and Canva can kind of do it for you and some AI stuff can do it for you as well. But I would talk to the agents who have the best looking marketing materials already and just say, how did you do that? And was your firm help you with that? Did you do it? Did you have a lender help? You know, there's lots of things, little tips and tricks that aren't really accessible, but if you reach out to people, they will tell you. Absolutely. I think that's part of the real estate community. I think if I can go on a marketing soapbox for a second, uh, if that's okay, I think you're talking about content. You're talking about something that very early on Nicole was doing. And I saw a lot of that from Dreamtown where they had, you know, the five the top five things to do in Chicago or whatever. Yeah. Um, what from a content perspective we have as an agent, you have to be different. Right. And it, because I think one of the things that I've really been talking about and at our properties we've been talking about is you can't do the same thing that every other agent is doing. You can't, otherwise you, you appear to be a commodity when it comes to the service side, but from a marketing standpoint, it's not that attention spans have gotten shorter. Maybe they have, but that's not the point. The point is now we are being overstimulated by so many things that everything is trying to get our attention. And there's some wild stat out there about how many ads or product placements we see in any given day. It's, astronomical. So you need to make sure that when people see your stuff, they stop. When they're scrolling through your social media, they stop. And when we talk about just listed and just solds, those have a place. 
right? Whether it's a postcard or on social media or wherever it might be, digital ads, uh, they have a place. But if someone's not actively buying or selling, and that property yeah, is not a <laughs> no, if it's not a one hundred million dollar aspirational property that people right. want to scroll through, they're not stopping, right? Right. So I think I just want to encourage agents think about what else your clients are interested in, and we we talk about this at Christie's International Real Estate. I know if I have a high net worth individual, likely they're into art, automobiles, wine, something, per, you know, bag, Birkin bags, whatever it might be. They're into these things, so I can now use content that they're interested in that's not real estate related, which is a term or a phrase you used earlier. Yeah, I, I boy, I could not, I could not agree with you more. This idea of, of being different and just understanding what your audience wants. If your audience yeah. wants to see your success over and over and over and over again, then by all means, post exclusively just listed, just sold. I don't really think that's what anybody wants to see. <laughs> exclusively right. but but i i understand and you said it has its place it's a good thing you should definitely celebrate your accomplishments and you know it's 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 you should be proud of that that's great and that's not really content for your audience that's more of a look well showing off a little trophy and that's fine but then it's also like okay also i want to create a lot of content that people go hey i need that i need that content right now i need to know um, how, you know, tips on how to get my home ready to, to sell, or I'm in between buying and selling homes. So I do just want to know what's going on socially this weekend in my area or whatever the, the content may be. The good news is it could be about anything as long as it's applicable to your, your audience. That's right. That's it. So thinking outside the box, you know, I don't, I think doing the same thing, if, if it doesn't make you stop scrolling, then don't post right. it. If, if it's not something that you would click like or engage with and comment on, don't post it. Come up with something different. Think a little bit harder. Yeah. Come up with something different because it, when I first uh, got into this industry about 11 or 12 years ago, and it, I still see it every so often, but there was that phrase that everybody put at the bottom of their email that said, and I know where it comes from, and it comes from a very good place, a good source. Um, so I'm not poking yes. fun of the source, but but um, because it, it's a legitimately great source. But I think every, so many people adopted this exact thing, where at the bottom line of their email, they said, I'm never too busy for your referrals. It's like, who cares? Like, of course, you're not too busy for anybody's referrals like that. But <laughs> and, and when it becomes and, and the first person who did it, okay, great. And now the hundredth person who does it in your local market, you know, um, everybody was buying websites that was like DJ sells Chicago real estate.com. That was another, another big fad. And, and I'm not saying I'm not putting those fads down. I do understand that there's sure. a place for that. It's cute. And I, I'm not totally, I don't want to put anyone off, but I think you could be a little bit more creative and do something just a little bit more unique and have more impact and certainly, certainly get more attention. Absolutely. And this ties across everything. I think you have to do something different. If a lot of times, again, it's not uh, especially with top producers sometimes, which is they've got a great business. They've been growing. They, you know, they're, they've got, their income is solid. They're not necessarily concerned. The problem is if they don't innovate or try something new and do something different from what their competitors are doing, their business will not continue to grow and it will shrink. So I think the, the idea is, is you have to, you have to differentiate yourself whether it's with a physical listing presentation, whether it's with a branding book, whether it's with digital advertising that catches eyes, you have to be different. Otherwise, like I said, people are going to miss their, their, we become a commodity. We come we could become um, an industry that posts just sold where there's just these cookie cutter homes that are, we're scrolling through on Instagram uh, that doesn't really do anything for uh, the individual agent's brand. 
Here's a little a little tip I want to get your your opinion, um, a little suggestion I, I might have instead of just doing a just listed, just sold, which by the way, again, I'm not saying we're not saying don't do that. That's that's sure. still you should be celebrating your accomplishments. Um, and what I think would be really fun is when you do a just listed or just sold or just one under contract or whatever the announcement might be, is also do a little video, go into the home and show a couple yes. of cool things that are in the home. That is way more engaging than just, hey, I just sold this million dollar home. If you sell a million dollar home, I want to see the inside of this home. Show me something cool. And even... And, and by the way, if it's a $200,000 home, $150,000 home, there's still something cool in that home. Yes. There's something unique and there's a story to tell. Even if it's a 30 second story, go in with your camera and say, you're not going to believe what, what's inside. So this is so cool. And, or here's the best feature of, of what I just, this property I just sold. That's the kind of stuff that people go, okay, cool. We like to see things like that. That's absolutely right. The word you used was story. We have to be better storytellers. You know, whether it's like what you're saying is, how, can we tell a story about, the experience we created for our buyer or our seller. Tell the story that highlights that consumer and how you made their, their transaction as seamless as possible. You did something that is unheard of. And it doesn't mean like 2021, everyone's posting about how their average sales price to list price ratio was 101%. Yes, everybody's was 101%, right? So that's not unique. Um, but if you have a story to tell about a way that it, that transaction went, and if you also have a story to help guide clients now, I think storytelling is an art we have to continue to master as agents, because whether it's helping and, and supporting and advising a client and how to price their home now as the market is changing, using cautionary tales, using success stories, you have to use these stories because people relate to them. And so if you can do that with your successes to exactly what you're saying, DJ, instead of a just sold, hey, I sold this, it's more about telling a story. How is this a unique experience? Or to your point, story about the home. Talk yeah. a little bit about the history of the home or what that, you know, that unique uh, aspect of the home that they won't see elsewhere. And you could also talk too, I think, about the challenges that uh, clients face throughout the buying and selling process. And I think telling those stories is incredibly valuable because then that homeowner who might be in the middle of that process of buying or selling and they hit a roadblock and it seems bleak and they're depressed or, or they're angry. Um, stories like this can help soothe the, per the, 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 uh, the, the you know, afflicted uh, customer because you can say, hey, I've been through this before. Uh, and this could be a one-to-one -one conversation. This could be a social media conversation. But this is something that people need to feel that they're not alone. And, and this is an opportunity for people to feel like, okay, other people go through this. I will be okay. Um, so it's, it's such a, such a great suggestion. And, and this is a, I think a great place because we covered a lot of ground here. I think it's a great place to, to, uh, to bring this episode to an end. And I just want to sort of go over a couple of the things we, we talked about today as, as a recap, because uh, we did, we did cover a lot. Um, first, you know, obviously we, we talked about Kevin and, and his, uh, his rise through throughout uh, through at properties and now Christie's International. Um, we should also mention, by the way, but before I conclude all of this, that Christie's uh, and at properties are always looking for quality agents who are thinking that they need more from their brokerage. And this is a great opportunity. You know, 2023, this is the year people are exploring. Um, they would love the opportunity to see if they might be a good match for your needs as an agent. So. Uh, I, I know you guys aren't in every single market in the country, but you're in a lot of them. And so if you have 
the, the itch to want to see what other options exist, just go to properties.com. Uh, also visit christiesrealestate.com. Uh, we'll have links to those in the show notes. See if they have local offices. By the way, they're expanding too. So they are opening offices everywhere. And I'm telling you, Ad Properties came to Chicago against all odds and basically <laughs> rose to number one very quickly under the tutelage of, as you mentioned, two very, very intelligent, great guys, um, but did it. And and they have a lot of knowledge and that's just, just a great company. Um, so could not, and Christie's, the brand Christie's, of course, is, is so well regarded. It's a white glove brand and it is it is just an awesome, awesome company. So I, I'm the biggest at properties fan out there, even though I don't work there, um, but I am a huge fan. So if anyone out there is exploring, please check out at properties. So we talked about what, what it's like to maybe switch brokerages, what questions you gave some great suggestions on how to explore other options. And we also talked about uh, you know, leveraging these feeder markets, this idea of how do we think beyond our current transaction? You know, where are some trends that maybe are happening in the future? How can I start, you know, creating uh, strategies to to make connections with agents in other markets? How can I, you know, start to really develop uh, that that additional sort of revenue stream by finding out, you know, where my clients are going and, and where they're coming in from and, and developing relationships so you can have that two-way interaction and, and get those phone calls once in a while. It's like, hey, I'm a broker down in Florida. My client's moving to Chicago or, or you know, vice versa. Um, that is a really, really powerful uh, connection to have. So I, I've had agents on the show, by the way, that literally fly to other markets just to meet with agents yes. to really say, I am so serious about sending clients your way that I want to make sure that you're the right person. So if, you know, that's another, if you really can want to step it up, that's a great, great opportunity. If you're sending a lot of people to a market, I'd be visiting that market as often as possible and, and making my presence there known um, to make sure that you've got great partners there. Um, so anyway, this is a great opportunity to, to really explore your brokerage this year, to explore, you know, some of these feeder markets. Also to understand that AI is not yet taking over and hopefully won't take over. Um, you know, we won't become uh, slaves to uh, to the AI uh, AI machine, but who knows? I guess we'll we'll find all find out together. But uh, in the meantime, your jobs are safe because the one thing AI can't quite yet do, and hopefully never can, is handle our emotions um, and really give us guidance that is based on uh, not just facts and, and, and understanding. You know, sort of the uh, the, the intricacies and the subtleties of, of life that are the black and white. Um, so uh, for everyone out there, please go visit at properties.com. Also christiesrealestate.com links to those in the show notes. Um, Kevin, I have, I'm such a fan of yours. I'm so grateful that you took time out. I know how busy you are. So on behalf of our audience, we appreciate you. Um, while we were doing this, we had the highest number of people ever watching us. I was telling Kevin ahead of time to go, don't worry, we're recording this live, we're broadcast it live. No one's going to watch it. There was like 30 people watching, which is, is incredible. So this is just how, this is because of Kevin, not because of me. So this is how respected this man is. Um, Kevin's a great guy. He's he's a real leader in this industry, and uh, you know what, what he says is is always a great idea to pay attention to because he just knows a lot. So we're grateful on behalf of our audience. Thank you, Kevin, and on behalf of Kevin and myself, we want to thank our audience for sticking around to the very end. We love you. We honor you. We're so grateful. We do this for you. And please support our sponsors. Please support Kevin. Check out at Properties and Christie's International, and we will see everybody on the next episode. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much, DJ. It was an honor to be here.